But until we believe it, we'll still be looking like, I am the chosen one. Who, me? I'm the chosen one. But if we can go into that song, can we go into it? What's wrong? What's going on? They can't play it again. I don't want him to, I wanted to play it as they, oh, <laughs> good job, Robert. You was, you was okay. But um, I needed, <laughs> I needed just the, the, the tape play, the words. Did it, oh, they can't go back that quick? Okay. Okay, well, as they're going back that quick, I'm just thanking God for this beautiful day that he has given me. And I'm thanking him for another opportunity to be in his presence. There we go. Now, I want y'all to just listen to that. Just close your eyes and listen. And just the chorus part, you don't have to go through a lot. Just to the part where they said, they said. Some of y'all got some, they said. Come on. Come on, we should be receiving that right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Think about it. You're the chosen one. Amen. There we go. That's all I needed. Because we have a lot of they says, okay? But I need you to know that you're the chosen one. Despite everything that's ever been said over your life. And as we, even as we listen to the song, I know that we can all reflect on places of what they said. But I want you to reflect on that you are the chosen one. Sometimes we get stuck in what they said. I said sometimes we get stuck in what they said. And sometimes we're in that rut of what somebody else has said over our lives. But God has said this morning, and he has said through his word, that we are the chosen ones. And in that chosen one, he has equipped us and qualified us to walk this life out in abundant kind of living way, not in a sad, with our head defeated down way, but he's caused us to be able to walk out in that abundant living. And I'm so glad about that. I'm so glad about that. You know what? I I thought about when the song first came on, you know, we can go, yeah, they did say that. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah, they talked about me. Yeah, they said that I wasn't going to be any good. Yeah, they said our marriage wasn't going to work. Yeah, they said our family wasn't going to be. I could just, just camp out there if I wanted to. But camping out there is not the power of my life. Okay? That's not the power of my life, camping out on what man has said out about me. The power of my life is camping out on what God has said about me. And that's where I choose to, and I pray that you choose to camp out what, where God, his word has said about you. So I'm going to pray, and we are going to dismiss our children this morning. But let's, I'm going to lead you in prayer. Lord, I just thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you for being my Savior. I thank you for for making a way for, for
for me, God, for us, God, I, that you never, ever, ever give up on us, oh God. When man gives up on us, God, you are still there cheering us on, reminding us of what you have done, reminding us of who we are in you, oh God. Oh God, we, we thank you this morning, oh God, that you lift us up. You don't push us down, oh God. And so God, today we walk in your love and we walk in your power, God. And we choose, God, to believe what you have said about us. In your name we pray. Amen. We can dismiss our children now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So this has been an interesting week for me. And um, but God has been my protector. He has kept me, and I thank God for that. On Tuesday night, I had a women's Bible study, I mean, a women's um, meeting, and we were talking because it is our hearts to walk with our men and to be um, that helpmate for our men not to come along while they're trying to grow and we're pulling them back. That, that's our heart, to, to walk with you and to walk in that power. And so... Um, it was funny because, I, I don't know, the adamant, I was just so adamant about what God was telling me about how to walk with and to walk alongside and to do the things that God has called us to do as women. Well, when I, you know, and I was telling him, God tells you to be quiet and, and um, you know, don't, don't, you know, be quiet. Do exactly what God says, okay? And so, but I can feel the Holy Ghost. I can feel the Holy Ghost, even with the women. I can feel that the women... Had, we were we were all in that place of yes God you know we want to see this happen and we want to be agents um, partners with you God and not be against you okay and so that night I went home and when I went home we, I'm talking on the telephone I just want to tell you because the Lord just showed me something I was talking on the telephone to my daughter and my my um, but I've seen this keep happening during this week every every since so I'm talking on the phone with my daughter and. My back's hurt, and I'm trying to push the pillows down into my bed. And I push the pillows, but there, you know how there's a hole? You know how you can push, but there's my, my headboard has holes in it. So I'm pushing. I turned around to push the pillows, and the pillow went through the hole. And I went as fast as the pillow went through the hole, my face went into the headboard. So fast that I felt like a bat had hit me upside my head. I did couldn't talk, couldn't do anything. I was just laying on the bed. I, Lynette's still talking, and I can't even talk to her. I didn't throw the phone down. And by the time I could feel it, this lump just about as big came. I looked, and I, I could just feel it out on my head. And So I go in there, and when, as soon as Pastor Davis sees me, you know, he's used to me having little mishaps, you know. So um, he goes, What? did you do? And then he looks at me and I'm trying to explain to him what I had done. He goes, let me come show me what you were doing. And so as soon as he saw, he knew what I was doing. But why I'm telling you that is so I ended up with this horrendous black eye. And at first it was a horrendous big head lump. Okay. And so, um, first it was the lump and then every day it got worse. Well, the next day, of course, I had to take Monica and go to the hospital of all places for her surgery with this serious black eye. So you could just imagine that as I'm going in, they're supposed to be w waiting on my daughter, but they're really looking like I'm the one that really needs help. 
and that I really need help bad and that they, you know, that everyone has this sorrowful look on their face like they're looking at me like, oh, man, who hit you in the eye? And then there's these people that they don't want to ask me, but they're just feeling sorry for me. And, and everywhere I went, well, well what I, I, I saw through that, you know, is that um, as, I was go- as I was walking, literally, this is what happened to me. Okay, so day by day, it would get, I would wake up, and the next day it would be worse, okay, you know, because you know how it gets worse before it gets better. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to get better by tomorrow, but then I get up tomorrow, and it's purple, and then I have all these wonderful people that love me. So they're trying to cheer me up and let me know that I was trying to do the smoky eye, but I didn't do the smoky eye too good, you know, but it really matched my pretty purple blouse. So they're trying to make me feel better, but I'm really not feeling any better at all. And so what I saw was is that as 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 I saw people's responses, first of all, it taught me a lot about people that are abused, how, what it must be like for them to walk through that, how people respond. But I also watched my responses. At first, I was kind of like, okay, God, I just thank you that I didn't bust my brains out. Because if God has saw it, it, it looked like it would have been something that I would, I had a terrible headache. I was totally dizzy. So I was like, you know, first of all, just be happy about that. But as I, you walk around, there was different responses that, you know, I was getting. Some was like, oh, you can tell us, Pastor David. <laughs> then it was different responses as I kept going of the sadness of like, oh. And I began to watch what I was doing. I start taking on these responses as if I was really the abused woman. I started feeling so sad I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to come out the house. I didn't want to do anything until this this was healed in my life. This was over in my life. And then um, I said, uh, it, the enemy was saying, you know what? Everybody's going to think something. They're going to. And so then God said, my whole, uh, what he had given me to speak on this week, I was like, God, how is this going to intertwine? How are you going to intertwine in my message that you're giving me? Here you get, I got a black eye. Well, then I start laughing because the message that God gave me was, whose report are you going to believe? And so it was, as, as I begin to think about that, I begin to think about how it is that we look at things or we go through things. But whose report are we, are we going to believe? Are we going to believe as simple as that was, I mean, for me, um, how I start taking on, I went into the store the other day, and I was just like, if y'all just saw me, you guys would have been saying, what's wrong, Pastor? You know, I'm walking like this, you know, trying not to lift my head up. And all that showed me that we can grab hold of something and make it, make a circumstance who we are. Instead of that's just the circumstances. You guys get what I'm saying? We can grab hold of our circumstances in our lives and we believe that's who we are. But it's really just a circumstance. And so God wants us to know whose report are we going to believe. I want to start out with the most important thing that you can believe is what you believe about Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that you can believe and know is what you believe, this affects everything in your life. What you believe about Jesus Christ will affect everything in your life. 
If you have wrong beliefs about Jesus Christ, you will have wrong receiving from Jesus Christ. Do you understand? You will receive wrong if you believe wrong. But I want you to go to Numbers, and we have a, we, many of us know this story, but for some of us that don't know this story, we're going to read it. But part of it. It's about the Israelites, and they're being bought out, and God has promised them a land. He promised them this land of milk and honey. And in this promise, what he tells them is that he's going to give them, he promises it through the word, I'm going to give you this land. But he tells them another part, but you're going to have to go up and possess it. And I want you guys to, I'm going to give you, but you're going to have to possess it. I want you to really get that. I'm going to give you, but you're going to have to possess it. And I, I really want that to resonate in your spirit. I'm going to give you, but you're going to have to possess it. Because a lot of times we as Christians, we love the part of God I'm going to give you, but we don't like the part of what it takes to possess something, okay? So it's the surprise in, it's the surprise in our ears because what our ears have heard, God, God say, I'm going to give you something. And because our mentality usually is that hand me something mentality, we don't want to have to work for anything. And so, but God did not say that they were not going to have to work for this land or do something to possess the land. When you possess something, it means that somebody else has it and you have to get it from them, all right? So in that, he said, I'm going to give you this land of milk and honey. And that just probably was so, you know, it's going to be a great land, a wonderful land. It's going to be your land. And we can stop, drop right there. We be, wow, yes, that's what I want. I'm going to give you a man. I'm going to give you a home. I'm going to give you good health. I mean, we can stop, drop right there. You're going to give me. And yay, where's it at? And, and then when God comes back and he lets us know, but you're going to have to possess it. <laughs> then we're like, what does that mean? What do I have to do? What, what, what do you want me to do? And when he starts telling us what we have to do, a lot of times, you know, I, I, I appreciate um Miss Kathy, one of the things she was telling the ladies is that, you know, um, uh, not, and, and a lot of times we talk about our inner beauty, which we know, of course, is our inner beauty is what God wants us to have first and most of all. But the inner beauty should reflect the outward beauty. And sometimes we walk around looking like any and everything and saying the big king of kings lives in us. The God of all creation, the beautifier of heaven and earth lives within us. But on the outside, we look like anything. And we say that, you know, we say that we got God like we're supposed to have God. But God comes from the inside out. There's a reflection of knowing that I serve the creator. There's a reflection from the outside that shows that I have a beautiful savior, the creator of heaven and earth, that makes the flowers beautiful for us to look at. He'll make me want to look beautiful for my husband. Everybody, all the ladies say, amen. amen. And he'll make the single woman just want to look beautiful. So, so just it doesn't have to rest on uh, having a man. Do you understand? It's just that the inside beauty, beauty should come on the outside. And so God is doing, he's doing things in us so that we will believe him. He wants us to believe him. In this story, we find that they, um, they're coming and, and he's about to send out spies to the land so that they can spy out the land. And and God tells Moses to send spies. And I was talking to Pastor David last night, and one of the things that really interested me was that God, who already knew that this land was milk and honey, he already knew what it was 
in the land, on the land, all, everything about the land. He sends them to spy out the land. That's very interesting to me because he could actually have said, you know, said, which he had already said many times before, that this land was full of milk and honey. But he tells them, I want you to send spies to spy out the land. And so I'm thinking, well, what, you know, was it not enough that God told them that the land was milk and honey? Was it not enough? What was, what was God trying to do in that moment when he sends these spies out? What, was, it, he, was he already looking at them? And I believe that from their report back, God already knew what was on board in the heart of the, the spies. He already knew what was in the heart of the spies, which was unbelief. Okay, He knew that when he sent them, that there was unbelief. And one of the things that when God is trying to give us something, sometimes we're wondering why it takes so long for us to give, get that thing that God wants us to get. Because God already knows that on board there is unbelief. There's belief in, I'm going, you said I can have it, but unbelief of how I'm going to possess it, that's not there. And so as God was sending them into this um, place, I want Numbers 13, 27 through 33, and it says this. He sends them into the land. Moses sends the 12 spies into the land, and the 12 spies come back with reports. Remember, whose report will you believe? In the, it says, and they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So when they came back, they came back with this big cluster of grapes, so big that two men had to carry this cluster of grapes on poles. Can you just imagine that? Could you imagine grapes that big? So big that two men had to carry this cluster of grapes on poles. It says, and, and this is the fruit of it. So they're showing all the, all the uh, Israelites, this is the fruit of it. Look at this big old grape. Surely, surely it floweth with milk and honey just like God said. But then they go to the next word. Nevertheless, flows with milk and honey just like God says. Look at these big grapes. Whoa, they're bigger than anything we've ever seen. But then they go, nevertheless. The people, and I, and I, 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 this morning that I went, irk, because that's usually our stopping place. <laughs> Nevertheless, the people. It's always about uh, the people. It's one of the biggest strongholds, stopping gaps in our life. Nevertheless, the people. But they went, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They had a lot of ites going on all around them. People and Caleb and Caleb. Oh, God, that we would all want to be a Caleb. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We're not, We be not able to go up against these people, for they're stronger than we. 
And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight, and we were in our own sight, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. And so I like this sentence because it says how you look at yourself is how others will look at you. So we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Um, I was talking to Jessica yesterday, and and one of the things that that stopped me again was, Lord, why would they, they could say any other kind of bug. You know what I'm saying? They could say, we were the ants. You know, uh, I guess with ants, you know, we find in the Bible, ants is very diligent. It talks about the ants. So I was like, why did they pick a grasshopper? Why, Why did they say we were as a grasshopper? Well, one of the things, um, they had went through the plagues in, in Egypt, the grasshopper. They, they knew about grasshoppers very, very well. But what hit me the most was when I looked up a grasshopper that I said they didn't even know what they were saying. They didn't even know what they were saying. They said, we were as grasshoppers. And in their mind, that meant something very small. They had this smallness mentality that we were just a grass, we were just a grasshopper. As I looked up the word grasshopper, it let me know that grasshoppers, when they're in a drove of grasshoppers, they can totally devour a land. And I said, in their mind, they saw, see, like when God says that, that, you know, whatever measure of faith we have to use it, whatever, thank you, I received, whatever measure of faith we have to use it, because it doesn't matter what measure if we use that measure. But what they did was they looked at it as something insignificant. They looked at themselves as something so insignificant that even if they had a thought about a grasshopper and what a grasshopper could do in, in an army of grasshoppers, they would have saw that they could have done something very, very great. But it's how they even looked at the grasshopper. Okay, they looked at the grasshopper as something very, very small. We be as grasshoppers, and 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 because we're as grass, grasshoppers in our sight, we're grasshoppers in their sight. That's how they see it. God wants it to help us this morning because a lot of times we're not seeing that we too. God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He brought them out of Egypt. Okay? But there was still a bondage that was going on in their mind that Egypt hadn't been bought out of their mindset. They had been slaves and slaves and slaves, and they just didn't know how to be free. They just didn't know how to grasp freedom. They didn't know how to walk in freedom. They didn't know how to receive freedom. And a lot of times we come and we're given, you know, we come, God has bought us out of the world, but we can't receive what all that he has for us. There's still so much of that world mentality that's in our mind. That's why he says that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which means that we are daily at his word. We're daily at his table, eating from his table. But the problem is, is is that we want a God mindset while we're eating from the world's table. 
We continue to eat from the world's ideals, the world's strength. The world tells you how to get something. And we're just trying all these different things. But God wants us to have the mindset that will really get us out. It's funny that we come out, but we go back in. You see what I'm saying? We, we come out of the world, and we're happy for a minute as we cry in our tears. And thank you, God, for bringing us out. Thank you. But as soon as something hits us that we don't understand, we go back to what we know. And the only way that's going to stop us from going back to what we know is to bring on God's new, behold, you are new creatures. All things are new, but they won't become new if you keep going back to the old and you don't keep bringing on a new. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's our lifestyle has to get um, out of balance. That's why I want to say this. Because sometimes we want to balance it and say, I have world and I have God. And we, we're like this. I have so much world and I have so much God. But what we really need to get out of balance and have so much God and we're dropping the world more and more and more every day. But until we can trust God, until we can believe God, we are continuing to go back and find that default of going back and finding the answer somewhere else. You know, I, I think sometimes we live in such an age of information and too much information, it can take your faith. Do you understand that? I see so many times, you know, something's going on in our body, and we'll go to that, we'll go Google it, and we'll say, oh, this is going on, I got a headache, I got a bump, I got this, and then some contagious disease comes up, and the next thing you know, oh, my God, I got baba baba, whatever they say. Okay, I got that. You know, because it, it lines up with what that, you know, you've Googled, and the next thing you know, you're walking in this thing, and it tells me to do this. And, it tell, and what we will do before we'll even pray, before we'll even pray, we'll say, and it tells me to take two aspirins, rub, rub myself down with alcohol. We'll do all that kind of stuff. And then, then it doesn't move. And then we're freaking out now. We're like, oh, I got blah, 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 blah. And it's not moving. Oh, my God. And all we had to do was go to Jesus and say, God, I got a bump. And I got a lump. And God, in your name, God, please, you heal me. We don't even try God first because we're in such an age of information. Uh, I was thinking that when we went to um, to the navigators and, and we've been to a lot of places where they say that you can go into other countries and people are receiving healings by the droves. That by, you go into different countries and people are being healed of, of things that's just amazing. Uh, uh, different things that we in America, we look like, right, okay. But in these countries, because why Americans, we have so many options. We have so many other options that we try first. And in a lot of these countries, they don't have any options. <laughs> they don't have all the doctors. They don't have the medicine. They don't have all, they, they only have that I got to trust. I got to trust in this word because I have nothing else to trust in. And so they attach themselves to that word. It's their hope. It's their everything. But for us, we got so many options that the word will be last. Prayer will be last because we're going to try everything else. And I do believe that God is calling for it. It's, it's a season in our lives as the body of Christ that we are coming to a place that we are going to have to try Jesus first. And when we try Jesus first, we're going to be amazed at what God can do. It's amazing that, that healing is beginning in the house of the Lord, not out on the street. 
because in the house of the Lord, God has to, he has to get us first. He can, has to get us that say we believe him to really believe him. Because we've been walking around saying we believe God while our hand is trying other things. When we come to church and we go, I believe you, God. I believe you, God. You're the best thing. You're my life. You're my strength. But then we try other things. As soon as we walk out the door and God is saying, I got to heal my church. I got to heal their mindsets. I got to get your mindsets to truly believe in me so that it's manifest in your spirit. So now we can run out and tell everybody what we should have already known from day one. Jesus, you're truly a healer. But right now, we've got to get it. And to get it, we've got to believe God. To get it, we've got to believe that God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. And we are, second point, we are who God says we are. And we can do exactly what God says we can do. Both sides got to be fixed, okay? Both sides got to be fixed. We should say, I know, God, what you can do, but I don't know what I can do. And some of us say, I know what I can do, but I don't know what you can do. Both sides got to be married to one another. We got to come to the place of, I know who you are, God, and I know you can do exactly what you said you can do, and I know who I am in you, and I know I can do exactly, exactly, exactly what you say I can do according to your word. And God is bringing, up, bringing the body of believers to a place of, of not just being called believers. See, we have, we're believers. But not just being called believers, but really being believers. I said not just being called believers. You know, I, I think all over it is the weakness. That is the weakness of the body to be called something that does not manifest. You see what I'm saying? That we're walking around, we're believers, we're believers, we're Christians, we're Christians. But in our lives, our lives are weak. Our bodies are weak. Our minds are weak. Our life is weak. And to the world, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that you believe in this God that created heaven and earth. You're saying and preaching and teaching and talking about a God that can never fail. But in your life, failings is all around. In your home, failings is all around. In your mindset, you're failing, you're failing. You're failing. You're talking to your own self as a failure. But you're trying to tell people about a God that can never fail, a God that can do anything. Then why is he doing anything? That's the world saying, why is he doing anything in you? And I say this, you guys, with, with God pulling us upward, not hitting. God wants us to be. I said, God wants us to be. There's so many things that is supposed to be ours that God wants us to have. And God is so tired of us making excuses why we don't have it. You know, like we'll walk so long and we'll confess so long and we'll declare so long, but then after we don't have it, we start making excuses. Well, maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe I'm not going to be healed on the earth, but when I get to heaven, I'm going to be healed. We start doing these kind of things, you know, that, that makes us feel a little better about not having what God said. We're, we're so, y'all know what I'm talking about. We walk around and we, 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 we're supposed to be strong and, 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 and our mindsets are supposed to be strong, but we start making excuses. We talk crazy talk. I'm about to lose my mind. Oh, I'm about to lose my mind. We say, all kind of ungodly things that just 
swiftly, swiftly comes out of our mouth without us capturing it back. But we keep on saying it. And the next thing you know, we're, I'm losing my mind. I don't know how many times I'm saying, what's going on? I must be losing my mind. And it seems like the more I say I'm losing my mind, the more my mind is being lost. Because I've forgotten that the creative word of God, it, he lives in me. That same word that said, let there be, is still on board. And when I, I, when I start speaking these things and say, let there be, I'm saying that. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing, let there be loss of mind. Let there be loss of mind. We're saying these things instead of going back and saying, I'm not losing my mind. I have the mind of Christ. I cast down everything that's coming against my mind. We don't come back and pray about it. We don't come back and speak God's word over it. We just continue to walk and walk and walk in the weaknesses of the world. We picked up so much vernacular of the world. We have. We picked up so many little sayings of the world that we just we've said it all our life, but we haven't looked back at it and said, "Well, what does this mean that I'm saying? Does this line up with the word of God that I'm saying?" Whose report am I going to believe? God said I have his mind, and now I'm saying I lost my mind. Whose report am I going to believe? And I keep on saying I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. I can't take it. I'm going crazy. But God said that I have the mind of Christ. God said he hasn't given me the spirit of fear but power of love and a what kind of mind? A sound mind. But every day I'm talking about my crazy mind. And God is saying, come on. Whose report are you going to believe? When are you going to grab hold of what I have said about you? When are you going to cast down what the enemy continues to let you say over yourself so you continue walking that vein? When there comes a day that says no more. I want what God says I can have because I can have what God says I can have. When is it going to come to that place that we say enough? No more. I'm through with that. I want to walk in the power and the might of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't come to die, to die in vain. He didn't come to die in vain, that we would still be weak. <laughs> we would still be slaves. I said we would still be slaves. Do you understand that's what was wrong with them? They were slaves. They had been slaves. But here God came to bring them out. He, he didn't, he bring, right he didn't just there. bring We're them right out there ready to walk into our promised land. We're ready to get our milk and honey. But because of unbelief, you guys, and because we're still standing there, and you can be standing on the edge of the, edge of the Jordan talking about progress, and, and God's got the, the walls already up for you to walk through, and you're, I'm, I'm, progress, I, I'm, I'm processing. I'm going through the process. The process is, do I believe? that these walls of water are not going to fall down on me. See, look how, how long, how, no one would have got across that uh, river if they had just stood up there and said, you know what, i got to process this. <sighs> water up on both sides. Enemy coming behind me. Am I really going to get across this water? I'm analyzing that it would probably take me so many seconds to how long is that water going to, see, that, all that process? And that's what we do with God's word. God is telling us stuff, and we're standing there, we're processing it. God, do you, do you mean that? And, and, what, and if I did it today, God, what would happen to that that I really want to still hold on to? You know, we're processing.
processing, but we're making no progress. Pro- process, go on and process. This is how I feel processing is. The waters come up on both sides. Jesus bid me to come. I'm processing while I'm walking. I'm looking at, I'm processing. Boy, these waters are still high. Oh, God. And I might be processing, and I might be running. I'm processing. And I'm sorry I'm getting out of that sound. But I'm processing while I'm moving. While I'm moving. I'm making progress while I'm moving. And I might just start running. If them waters was up, I'm processing that the faster I get across. Maybe I shouldn't just stand. Maybe I shouldn't just stand here and process the waters standing up. Maybe, you know how we get the looky-loos. Maybe I shouldn't just be looking. Maybe I should be beating feet and moving. And there's times in our lives, you guys, that that's what we're doing. We're processing to the point that we're just standing still. And God is saying, what are you standing still for? Get to moving. Process while you're moving, okay? Make progress. Don't just be. Because you keep. What I have seen, Holy Spirit, is there so many Christians that you're processing but in because you're not moving there's things that's attaching itself to you things that are not of God because God has said do something and because you won't move in it and you're analyzing it and you're trying to figure it out well Usually while we're, when you really want to analyze God's word, there's somebody that comes in to help you with your analyzing. Something God told you to do now, and now you're analyzing, well, the enemy's right there in your analyzing. And he's there to bring doubt. And he's there to say, did God say? (laughs) Did God say? He's the same one that was in the garden with Eve with Adam and Eve, he's, while you're sitting there processing where God has told you to move, then he's sitting there knowing your process, and he knows by the very hesitation that he can move into your ear and move into your heart. And the next thing you know, you're stagnant. You're not moving. You're not doing anything because you were processing And if I end the sermon today, please get that point. You know when you're not progressing that you've taken the processing too far. And there is no progress. Jesus' mercies and new every morning, he He is the God that can take us from point A to point B, and and maybe it's in tiny steps. Maybe it's crawling, but you're going to be moving. You're not going to be stuck. We have all these things in our mind that we rationalize out. Yeah, but Pastor Linda, God said, be still and know that I'm God, and I'm being still, and I'm hearing from God. You can, you can hear from God and still be doing what God said do. You really can. 
You really can. You can still be moving and hearing from God as you're walking through the waters. You can still be hearing from God. You don't have to stop in the middle of the waters and say, Lord, I need to hear from you when he's already told you to walk through the waters. And there's all these things that God tells us to do. Then we stop in the middle of what, and we say, I need to go back to God and, and I need to hear from God. But God just told you to do that. And until you accomplish what God has already told you to do, now you're looking for some other, some other word when you haven't even accomplished the word that he told you to do. There's so many people that they're looking for something else, you know, because you didn't like the way. You didn't like walking through the walls of water standing up. You would rather have a boat take you across the water. But God said, walk through the path. And now you want to stand there and you want to say, wait a minute, I, I just need to hear from God. I need, I need to hear. God said, walk. And you're... you're Maybe he'll tell me I'll get a boat, go across. No, walk across the water. Do what God says he do. He's not going to give you no new information when you haven't even taken the old information. Some of us are waiting for this big enlightenment. We're waiting for something for God to do. But God says, go back to the last thing. You're not moving. You're not moving. You're not going anywhere. You're wondering why you're not moving. God said, go back to the last thing that I told you. Go back to the last thing that I told you to do. And then he says, did you do it? Are you doing it? And most of the time, we're not doing it. We're trying to look for another exit plan. But God knows the plan. He knows what, what plan we need to enhance our faith so that we would know him in a bigger way. And there's things that he asks us to do sometimes. It just looks incredible. Like what? Just like when he told the man to go and dip in the dirty water. To that man, that seemed like, what? Do you know who I am? And on top of that, that's nasty water. And I wanted my eyes healed. But it looks like you're going to get me some kind of crazy disease dipping in this water. He, in his mind, he's rationalizing too much and because he's rationalizing too much he's not getting what God says you're not going to get what God says by rationalizing God God said don't rationalize me just follow me just follow me I love how it says he told the disciples come and follow me and they laid down their nets and they followed him you don't see them standing there going wait 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 this what what kind of job I have I was a fisherman. What you got to offer me? You don't see none of that. It says immediately. There's some immediately that comes into our life that that comes on board that when we get mature enough, we really understand that when God says something, he means it right now. He means right now. And he has something so much better when we do what God has right now. I look at that rich young ruler, and I think about that in, in his life, where the, he just says, sell everything. And I thought, and, and, and knowing, knowing all of us, all of us, whether it been the money or, or, or any other thing, stop eating chocolate. I don't care what it was, whatever's holding us. Okay, because we can look at the rich young ruler and see what he was attached to, but we are t attached to many things too. And so in that, I would see, you know, what it would have been like if he could, what, it, what he didn't see, that God's never asking you for something that he doesn't have way more to give you. That we get so scared that he's asking us for something that this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, this is all I have. But the one that's asking you has everything. And I'm looking at what would have happened if he had to believe the report of the Lord that said, sell everything. Just sell everything and come follow me. Could you have, I believe, you know, he called him master and, 
you know how we do all that master tell me what to do i've done this i've done this master i've done this i've done that master now master tell me what and we do that too Jesus, tell us what to do. This this situation, I, I want to live like I see uh, the abundance. God, tell us what to do. But when he comes and tells us, I'm telling you, I'm, that's why I go down to the simplest thing. When he tells you, no more sweets. I don't want to go to that place where we're just like, uh, you know, because sometimes we act like, oh, I would do that. If I was the rich young ruler, I would have realized that it was Jesus, and I would have just went and sold. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because we already see these little things in our lives, you know, that we can't do that too. But what it would be like if we could believe that he is who he says he is, does what he says he can do, and that we can believe that to the point that whatever he tells us to do, we would do it immediately. I mean, what, would be, what it would be like the power of God in the body of Christ, if the body of Christ would just believe what God says do, do it when God says do it, and see. We, our, our problem is what the enemy affects us with most of the time is disillusionment. Because everybody's looking for a miracle. Everybody wants to see, wants to see, but we don't realize we'll never see until we be immediately obedient. So because we're not obedient, we don't see the word of God walked out like the word of God says it can, and we get disillusioned, and we say, well, God, you said you'd heal my body. God, you said you'd heal my marriage. God, you said you'd heal my finances. God, you said, God, you said, it's been 10 years, but I'm telling you something right now, what God has done in my life. He said, everything that I've ever said, is truth and there is nothing nothing wrong with me hope you get what I'm saying there is nothing wrong with me there's nothing on my part that's wrong but go back and look at you where is it that you were walking you were walking five days Praising the Lord, praying to God on your knees. Oh, Lord, I believe you. I would trust you. I trust you. I believe you. Quoting scriptures, memorizing scriptures. Seventh day, husband still acts the same. I'm not reading today. I just don't feel, I just don't feel like reading today. Why you don't feel like reading today? Because you didn't see it change. Two more days. I, I'm not praying today. <laughs> a month later, I don't even think I'm going to church today. Because we have God on our time schedule. Surely fixing a man don't take years. <laughs> Surely... Fixing my marriage don't take, because God, I can't even take another five months. See, we can't, God already knows our limits. God knows our limits. Do you understand? He knows what, what, what we have, not that, now there's a difference between our limits and how much we can bear. Okay, so I want y'all to understand this. Our limits. I have a limit, but God shows me and has shown me how much more I can bear. Can I get a witness up in the house? I thought yesterday it would be done. (laughs) 
yesteryears, years down the road, God let me know you could go through way more than you, what you thought you could go through. And I'm showing you the power that resides in you, not, not of yourself, not of your flesh, not of you at all. I'm trying to show you that I live in you and I'm the greater one and that you can go way more down that road than you ever can. Have you ever learned that you could go way more down the road? And when you get down, it, it sounds crazy because you're like, no, why are you put me through that? I don't need five more years. I don't want to go through five more years. But what the five more years shows me is that I have a strength and a power on board that without him doing that, I would just think that every time I said something, God, do it, God, do it, God, do it, God, do it, there would be just that hearty, insignificant trust in God. But this right here brings me to a faith in knowing that God's doing it. God's doing it through me. I said, God's doing it. God's a great father. I'm not tying your shoes for the rest of your life. See, that's how, how, how we would like it. I'm not tying your shoes for the rest of your life. And we as parents, we stand there and that little one's crying, you know, I can't, I, I can't do it, I can't do it. And most good parents, what do we do? We step back. Yes, you can. I showed you how to do that. Now take the two, make the bow, and we stand there. And they're aggravated, but a real good parent is going to stand there, and they're going to stand there no matter how much time it takes. You're tying those shoes today. Now, it might take all day, but you're tying these shoes today. Today is your day to see what you got in you. Today is your day to see what I've invested in you, what I've put in you. That's what God has said. What I'm, today is your, and in our lives, the, 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 that's what we got to see. There's days when we're going through stuff and it seems so horrible, but God, and it seems like God is so far away, but he's just like a parent that's on standby. And he's just watching. He said, today is your day. Today. I know what I invested in you, Cindy. Today is your day. Today is your day to do what I've taught you. Today is your day. We've practiced this. You, we've, you've, you've, you've repeated this out of your mouth. You've memorized the scriptures. You've said it over and over. Now, do it. Demonstration. Do it. And you can do it. But there's an enemy that's always trying to tell us what we can't do. But God wants to know whose report will you believe. In... Uh, Numbers 14, 6 through 10, it talks about Joshua. And um, I'm reading from the Message Bible. And it says, Joshua, this is after they give, and remember this, there's always somebody that wants to give you a bad report. I am amazed at people that want to bring bad reports and tell people what they can't do, who they can't be. I, I see it so many times as I talk to different ones, and I'll be like, what? Why would someone say that? There's always somebody that as God is pushing you forward, there's someone that wants to pull you back. And I say, I, I tell, you, tell you, be careful of who you lend your ear to. Every reporter is not a good reporter, and every reporter is not in your favor. Remember what I said. If they're not pulling you toward the things of God, then you don't need to be listening to them. And sometimes we, we, get, we, we look at somebody because they have a microphone in their hand and they got the, the, the uh, bus that has the name of the station. Have you ever seen that? 
there comes in town, there's a microphone, and there's the bus that's, that has the TV station, and all of a sudden you see all these people. Have you ever, you can see them on TV, and they're jumping up and down, and they're trying to run up there, and they want to be part of that whole reporting scene. They want to be a part of that. And sometimes that's what we do. We look at people, and we, I'm, we look at people, and we size them up, but not according to fruit. Somebody needs to hear me this morning because God told me this is detrimental to our walk. We size people up on how good they can talk, how good they can bring out the scriptures. How, and God told me, I don't care how good they bring out the scriptures. I don't care how good they talk. Look at their fruit. Look at how they're living. Look at how they're walking. Look at their fruit. Because people can tell you so much stuff how how to get to the promised land and they ain't even been there themselves. But they're telling you how to get to the promised land and there's no, there's no hint of promised land in their life. But, but because they can say it and articulate it and do, I'm so glad, you know, sometimes we get so enamored with how people can articulate and say, I'm so glad that God's anointing is not about articulation. Because I probably wouldn't be up here. God's anointing is on his word, on his word, on his word. And sometimes we get so enamored by stuff that we'll follow stuff. And then I'm like, who are you following? Who are you following? You're like that that man that was playing that Pied Piper, but what he really was going to drown all them rats. They're following him. That's what we do. We follow the Pied Piper. And the Pied Piper sounds good, looks good, but he's taking you right into the river. And you don't even realize it because what you're doing is you're enamored by I don't care what. I don't care. I don't care about me. If I'm not following God, don't follow me. Don't follow me if I'm not following God. Paul said, follow me as, as, and the as should show up beyond my words. The as has to show up beyond my words. Anybody can talk a good game. That's why we believe their report. But a real report has evidence. That's evidence, you guys. You're just not following somebody because they said, I'm prophet, I'm apostle, I'm evangelist, I'm pope, I'm president. You're not just following any report. you got to know that they're following God, and there has to be some evidence in their life that you, some of us are following people that we just follow. The evidence is so off. It's just off. Their life evidence. Lifetime, <laughs> lifetime dramas in this house. We can um, look good, and there's the there's the world vernacular, fake it till we make it. But God doesn't like fakers. We are so busy trying to be men pleasers that we don't want man to know where we really are. And so what we do is we, we, we can dress the part, we can talk the part, but if you walk with us, walk past the church, I'm just saying what the Holy Spirit said, walk past this assembly, walk with us daily. See, with the disciples, Jesus walked with them every day, so 
He really got to know them in a special way. We don't walk with each other every day, and so we get enamored by the momentarily um, greatness that we see momentarily. Momentarily. But God is telling us that we have a greater way to judge a report than looking at people, how they dress, how they look, the car they drive, the house. None of that stuff means, no, 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 no. None of that stuff means you got it going on with God. None of that stuff means that you don't, that you don't uh, devalue your wife and hit your kid. None of that stuff don't mean that you don't lie, cheat, gossip just because you got a nice house and a nice car. It does. None of that stuff shows really what character is all about because you could have cheated in mind to get the house. I'm just being honest this morning. But we'll start following, and we'll start following because we're enamored. Now, remember, God should manifest, and he should demonstrate through our lives. But this is another place that God has shown me. When God manifests on the outside, you, you know how, what the fruit is going to be? Humility. When you see somebody that all, that's all they're talking about is what they got, who they are, how smart they are, it's all about me, usually it's really not as good as they say it. When you have to announce your coming, it's not really all that. And that's why we'll gather ourselves to people that, that announce themselves. And we'll hear the report of people that announce themselves. Get the point that I'm saying. It's all about me. It's all about Pastor Linda. It's all about what Pastor Linda's doing. It's all about Pastor Linda's house. It's all about Pastor Linda's car. It's all about Pastor Linda's money. And, and we get so enamored because these are the things that we want, that we desire. See, there's things that we desire that will make us follow people instead of following God. The person that really has reaped from God, you know what they always say? They say, you know, a true millionaire, he doesn't announce it at all. Billionaires, when you ever read any, anything about them, they said you wouldn't even know they were a billionaire. You wouldn't even, they're not walking around. And, and, and half the time, what we do is when we get some money, we really want to show everybody we got some money. So we're the first one going to go buy the best car, the best house, the best everything, because we want to show us, okay? But they say a lot of times, billionaires, you won't even know that they have money. That you won't even know. I, this one billionaire died. Billionaire, given, given. You hear all these what he'd been given to so many different charities. So they said, but he lived in this little apartment, little apartment. Didn't even know this man was a billionaire, but he was using his billions to reach out to the world. Said he was using his billions to reach out to the world. Most of us want our millions to heap something up on ourselves. And that's why God said you have not, because you ask not, but then you ask, but it's in a mist, to heap, heap them things upon yourself. God is saying, whose report, you guys? Don't be so enamored. Don't be so enamored, because that's why we're blown away, because people that we're, we're, we're following after, they have to have fruit 
fruit of God. They have to have love. They have to have joy. They have to have gentleness. This is the fruit, not the car, the house, not the love, joy, peace, temperance. These are the people you follow after. Humility. If there's no humility, I don't care what you got. I don't care what you have. If there's no temperance, if there's no control, if there's no love, if there, I don't care what you have. Because that very stuff will totally destroy you without the fruit of the Spirit. Whose report, you guys, are you going to believe? So these people, they believe the report. And because they believe the report, look, ten men came back to thousands of people. Israelites, there's thousands of them. Ten men came back and gave this report, and, they, and, and, and the ten men. So I tell people that are in leadership, we need to take responsibility for what we say. Because sometimes we're too loosey-goosey with our mouth. But we need to ask God, God, should I be saying this? God, did you tell me to say this? Not just what my opinion is. Not just because, uh, you know, this is what I feel about you. No, God, did you tell me to say, is this the report that you want me to give out? We, because these gave this report. And in this report, they gave the report to us, says in, in the Message Bible, it said the report so spooked the people, scared the people. God had already told them that this was their land. God had already told them that he would be with them. God had already told them that he was going to give them the strength to, to possess it. But ten elders, ten men that he picked in, 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 in there came back with a report that had nothing to do with what God had said. Had nothing to do with what God was said. And the people, that's why I say, be careful about whose report you're, you're going to lend your ear to. Those people listened to the ten people that bought back that bad report. And they, to the point that they were going to stone. They were going to throw stones. Because we're not going in there. We're not going to take this land because they believe the report of those that did not trust God. I don't know. God is really this today. God is saying, be careful what you say. Okay. You know, there are gifts, and most of our gifts, evangelists, prophet, preacher, has everything to do with our mouth. You know, telling so much something. And if we're not very careful, there can come upon you, and, and I want everybody that has that gift, there comes upon you at times you see how that gift sweeps, moves, changes things, and you will forget that it ain't you. It's not you. It's God. And when you ever forget that it's not you, that's when you get loosey-goosey with your mouth. You begin to think that you move and you change and what you say. And you begin to see people that will honor you. They will honor you. Some people honor you more than they honor the word, okay? They will honor you and you will begin to see that. And now every time you look around, you got a word. You guys, we don't have a word every day. Now, what I mean by that is we don't, I have a word in my spirit that God has given me. But I, when, when, when we're walking around and I got, I see Brother Humphrey. Ooh, I got a word for Brother Humphrey. Ooh, I got a word for Trey. Ooh, Pastor Brosnan, you know I got a word for you. Ooh, and we're just kind of, when you find yourself searching, 
I don't know. God is taking me this way. I don't know what's going on. But it's God. When you find yourself searching, sometimes we got more word for people than we got for ourselves. God said, Linda, stop running. Get yourself together. If you get yourself together, you won't have so much word to tell nobody because they'll see an example of the word. And I'm not devaluing no gifts. Y'all know I'm not devaluing the gifts. I'm trying to make the gifts get in order. They have to be in balance. A lot of times we're a reporter, but but you go home to the reporter's house, and the reporter's house is all messed up. But he's already ta- telling you about how to get your house together. No. God said, get your house together. Get your house together. And he said, and then make sure that when there's a word, an uh, unction uh, uh, in your spirit. Can I say this? There should be no back door, back stop. There should be no parking lot profit. If I can't prophesy to Jessica right here in the middle, because it said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be what? Judged. Judged. I'm not going to get Jessica and say, Jessica, God said, and no one in here knows what I told Jessica. Maybe, Maybe I'm wrong. Just maybe. You know how that's, just maybe. But could be most likely. What we need to start doing, you guys, I'm talking about who's report, because then people start running. I don't want nobody running on my word. I want my word to be judged. I do want that. I want the word to be judged so that there, there should be someone else that comes up and they know that that is a God word because it resonates in their spirit. I've seen too many people running out on a word that somebody told them that was not judged. They come back to me and they tell me, I was like, who told you that? They're running out on a word that never was judged, never was judged before the man of God. Come on. What do we think we're doing? You guys, make sure you're asking God, God, you've given me this word. God will give you a word, but he guarantee he's going to have affirmation to that word. Because he loves us just that much, you guys. He loves us just that much. He knows that I can have a bad day, a crazy day, a heady day. He knows that. He loves you just that much. Not to allow me to walk around and tell you stuff that nobody else knows about. And you're running out on what I said. And now the next thing you know, am I going to be responsible? See, this is what God told me. Are you going to be responsible for the word that you give? When someone runs into headlong, are you going to be responsible for the word that you give? Are you so sure of yourself that you know that you know that God said it? We, a lot of things we're saying God said comes out of our, our knowing, our looking, our sizing up. There's many things that's been in my heart for the past month to say. But until I get that witness, because I don't know if it's, I don't know. I want to be sure. I'm not trying to take you on a 40-day journey, that 40-year journey that should have only took you four days. 
Whose report? When you allow people to talk into your life, you need to understand. And when people are talking into your life and they got you sideways and they're telling you something, you need to bring someone else up and you need to say, this is somebody, sometimes we don't even say nothing. There's some of you I'm at, I've been asking, why are, you, why are you doing that like that? Why are you doing that? Then, I, then you look at me and you go, oh, Pastor Linda, this is, somebody told me. Somebody what? No. It should be something that is judged. You guys, I'm, God is just telling me, so it helps us all. It helps us as the, as the instrument. Remember, God's protecting the instrument as well as the people. Do you understand that? Never get so much that you know that you know. God protects the instrument because, remember, this is where we can totally destroy people's lives is what comes out of our mouth. We can totally hinder somebody by what's coming out of our mouth. We can totally make somebody go opposite way by what comes out of our mouth. And I'm telling you this morning, God says, whose report will you believe? First of all, I better line up with the word of God. I don't care who you are. i got to go in that word, and i got to find. Where does this line up with the word of God? Where, where, where does this line up? I've heard people tell people to go. You need to say, shut up. What, who told you that? I'm, we're not bold in the spirit, and that's why things can creep up on us. How do we know this stuff? I, when people tell me stuff, I'll be like, they'll tell me different stuff, and I'm like, how do you know that? And then they'll just tell you a little piece. Because if you're going to tell me where I'm not supposed to be, then you should be able to tell me where I'm supposed to be. You, God ain't, God's not like that. You only got half of the message, and you don't have, no. I'm telling you guys this because this is a spirit that it comes in, because we have gifts. And because we have gifts, there's a spirit that comes in that wants to taint the gift. And we've got to understand what that is. And we've got to put ourselves under authority. And we've got to put ourselves under accountability. All of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. We've got to put ourselves under accountability to say, you know what? God, I'm under accountability. I'm under your authority. God, I, 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 I'm going to do it according to your plan so, God, that the safety of the people, these people, listen, what happened to those people, they lost their chance of going into the promised land for believing a report from people that came back with a negative report. All these people up to the, I think it was to 20, 20 and above would have been able to go in. But all those other people, 20 and above, they lost their chance to go. They lost their chance over a report that was not of God. Okay, okay, little ones. Okay, my little children. Don't you be walking around gullible hearing a report and just taking the report as that's a God report. You need to know it's a God report. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, when I'm saying this, you guys, understand there are leaders in this church. There are prophets in this church. There are prophets in this church. I am not denying nobody's gifts. Pastor Linda, walking at prophecy, prophetic, prophet. But every day, Pastor Linda is not 100%. Y'all want me to be. Y'all want me to be. 
But I'm declaring this that, okay, and some of y'all are looking at me like, what? You're not? You're not a hundred? No, I'm not. Now, you want a prophetic word that's truth? No, I'm not. Now, you can take that one to the bank and cash that one. No, I'm not. And so even when I say things to you guys, and, and, and one thing is for those that are prophetic and you give a God report, one thing that God showed me. See, sometimes we worry because we worry that the person that we're giving to has not received it. And what God showed me is that when we worry, worry causes us to respond in ways that's going to pull the report back. So if I tell yes, because thus says the Lord, and yes, because looking at me, and she's, well, I, sometimes I've had people go, I don't receive that, Pastor Linda. I don't receive that. So I've had people laugh when I've told them things. So the thing is, is what will happen is, I, I, usually if I've said something to you, I've passed it through Pastor David. I've passed it through, you know, going back and forth to God. So then I'm like, I know God said this, and I'm worried about what's going to happen to you. So then what happened is I'm thinking, 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 okay, well, maybe I didn't say it right, or I didn't put enough oomph. I'm just being honest. Okay, so then you come back and you say, Yes, because God did tell me, and I, he, he told me, you got to do this with an urgency. Now, he might have just said, you got to do this. Okay? But now I'm going, but you got to do this with an urgency. The urgency is me. That's me because you didn't move when I said move or, or the word. And so now I'm, now I'm adding to the prophetic word. What God says is say it and leave it. You're just a messenger. Linda, you're just a messenger. They got to take the mail out the mailbox. They got to open it. I can't take the mail out for you. Open it up. Read you a letter again. After I to read you, I didn't bought you the mail, but now I'm reading you the letter. Because whatever I tell you, God's already, if it's a God word, no matter if you receive it today or not, God's already prepared you for that God word. And something in that God word resonates in your spirit, whether you want to receive it today or not, as truth. And so when I walk away, today you, you might not even want to hear it, okay? But somewhere down the line, God is going to work that seed. That's what it is. A prophetic word is a seed. It's not what I'm trying to make it, the plant. It's just the seed. So the seed is in you, and he may use others to come and water that seed. Our problem is we want to plant it, we want to water it, and we want to bring it forth. And if I don't see the plant, then I think that the work hasn't been done. But God said, I just called you to plant the seed. And what happens if we plant the seed and we do it right, then we don't have people. What we have across the body of believers now is we have a lot of believers that don't believe when you say a word. So they, they done got used to your word either trying to push them, pull them, my word, trying to, to bring it all out in one day. So when you're saying something, they're just Because they don't want to hear me. Your spirit does not want to hear me. Your spirit wants to hear God. And as soon as me steps in, your spirit shuts down. And we say people are arrogant and they don't want to hear us. No, they just didn't want to hear the me. 
They wanted to hear the God report. They didn't want to hear my report. They wanted to hear the God word. They didn't want to hear the Linda word. Oh, I hope somebody's getting something this morning. I hope you're getting it because I'm about to end it. So it's not even close to where God took me. I went a whole other, but God knew what he needed this morning. He knew, who need, he knew what was needed in this house this morning. He knew that whose report are you going to believe? Whose stuff are you walking out on? Whose word are you walking out on that wasn't even your word? Somebody can size you up, Pastor Broson, and, and come up with a word for you. See, some, some things we just size up. We look at a face. We can look at an attitude. I mean, it doesn't, take, it doesn't take an anointed prophet to know if somebody's having a bad day. It doesn't. But sometimes, because somebody walked up to us and said, you're having a bad day. I am having a bad day. They didn't watch you in church and husband sitting on this side and wife sitting on that side. You're having a bad day. Something's going on with you and your husband. But God said everything's going to be all right. And we're like, oh, oh, he told me, he told me, she told me. She told you what everybody else could tell you because they saw it too. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying whose report will you believe? Now, where I want to start with and I want to end with this, I'm asking you, whose report will you believe? But I want to start with me. All of us point to you, yourself. Say, whose report are you going to? Because you say stuff to yourself. That's not of God. You say stuff to yourself that is not the power of God, the love of God, the affirmation of God. You're me, me, Linda, Linda, everybody goes, whoever, whoever your name is, me, me. And I got to stop and say, whose report are you going to believe, Linda? Whose report? You're saying all this stuff about yourself of what you can't do, what you can't have. I'm saying sometimes the me, the, the enemy is me. It's not no one else. It's, it's me. And I have to ask myself, whose report? His report says I am healed. Come on. His report says I am things that were down. I've had so many people since I've given the testimony about my diabetes where will come back up to me and say, well, how's your diabetes? <laughs> and uh, my, my daughter, I, I don't want you to say it like that because I know in their heart what they're saying to me is how are you doing with the diabetes. But the thing is with this healing, okay? But the thing is that I did was, okay, so I'll just sit and, I don't correct, I don't say anything, you know what I'm saying, because I'm not trying to put them in a place that they're trying to take my faith, okay? But we were somewhere, and Monica said, she doesn't have diabetes anymore. And it blessed me, because that's all God wanted me to say. I'm trying to figure out how to say that across the board as people, you know, and understand this, okay, Understand this. It's, it's, 
it's, it's no different. Nobody feels, it's no different when anybody confesses, uh, my marriage is back together. People are still watching to see if you're married. You got your marriage back together. You know it's back together. But people still need to see that it's in their mindset, they're watching. Is it back? So sometimes people are looking to see how's everything going. But our thing is that we got to stand up and not let the enemy come in and take us back to something. Take us to looking back at something what, that God has already done. And we need to stand firm on my marriage is healed. My body's healed. My body's here. And see, whose report are you going to believe? Guarantee you, when you say something's healed or delivered, that enemy's coming. He's coming with the familiar, the familiar pain that, that always hurt when you was in that condition. He's coming with the familiar temptation. You said, I'm done with adultery. I'm done with laying around. I'm getting... Don't you, don't you dare think that the enemy's like, he heard you say you was done. He says, okay, let me see if you're done. Let me see if you're done. And just because he makes the phone ring doesn't mean that you're not done. But what we'll do sometimes, we'll look at the phone ring and we'll go, Jesus, why is he calling me now? What's going on? You said I wasn't going to be, instead of I'm not in this place anymore. The blood of Jesus against that phone call. And I'm about to change my phone number. Because I'm delivered. See, but if we don't start, we can talk deliverance. But if I can't walk it, it's a lie. If I can't walk, I can talk it all day long. I can talk about I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But if I'm not walking it, you guys, it's, it's, get it all out of your mouth into your life. Make your report. Whose report? I want a believable report. How about you? <laughs> See, Daddy, you got a believable report. You got a report that once I fell out dead in the house of God. Dead. Okay? It's a believable report. But God himself got me. That's a believable report. We want a believable report. Everybody walking around giving you a report, say, where's your evidence? Where's your evidence? Stop talking and show me. I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God. Ooh, I love God, I love God. We come to church, I love God, I love God. We shout, we dance, and go right out there and do whatever we want to do. Where's your evidence? And somebody's following you, some young child, some teenager is looking at you, and they're following you, and they saw you come to the altar, and they saw you lift up your hand, and they saw you say, for God I live and for God I die, and they watch you out there cussing and saying and drinking and doing all that kind of stuff. And it's kids get to the point, they say, I ain't believing none of them church people. Whose report will you believe? Stand up, please. I will believe the report of the Lord. And if I say it, I must manifest it in my life. If I say it, I must manifest it in my life. I said if I say it, if I believe that God's doing a healing. Ladies, if we believe God's doing a healing in our men, it shall manifest in our life. It shall manifest in our walk. It shall manifest in our talk. I can't believe that God's healing my husband while calling them a jerk. 
Come on, I can't believe that God's healing my husband while, while, while slamming the doors and walking out. And No, if I'm believing that God's healing. Think of it in the natural. I wish Cassandra could do me a little analogy right now. But think of it in the natural. You're, somebody's being healed in, in, in the hospital. They're sick. They got boils and stuff all over them, and they're sick. But the, but the doctor says every day, prognosis looks good. You know, sores are getting better. But you walk in there, and just because you still see a sore, you're like, I'm sick of this getting out of here. I'm sick of smelling your sores. I'm sick of... We'll do that. When the doctor says the prognosis is looking better, hope comes up in us. Hope alive. We're looking and we're like, it may not even look better, but the doctor said it was better and we're like, oh, it's getting better. And we walk out and, 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 we're, and now we're talking to that loved one in a way, a loving way. The loved one might still be in pain and their sores might be still hurting him. But the doctor told us prognosis looks good. So we don't go over there and say, you know what, your sore is stinking. You look crazy. And we go over there and we go, you know what, the doctor said prognosis is good. You're getting better every day, babe. That's how we do it. But in Christ, he wants us to do that same thing spiritual. May not be what you think it should be today, but I'm telling you what God said about our men. Prognosis is looking good. Looking good.